Non-binary persons, ladies and gentlemen, jokers, smokers, and midnight tokers, the audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our hosts' past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. TRG's Casino Combat Podcast is here to help you knock out the competition. We're going to teach you how to rope-a-dope the house and come out victorious in the casino arena. From Baccarat to Roulette, we're the greatest of all time when it comes to strategy and skill. Get ready to rumble with TRG's Casino Combat because we're the champions, baby. (laughs) All right, so to fill some gaps, that's... What chat GPT, the new AI that everybody's talking about, that's how chat GPT thinks Muhammad Ali would introduce our casino combat podcast. Welcome to episode 108. Uh, I'm fascinated with that technology. In fact, that was so much fun. Yeah, let, let's do one more, right? Let, let's do just, uh, let's just do, do one more real quick. Let's see how, uh, chat GPT thinks Hulk Hogan would start the podcast. Hulk Hogan would say, let me tell you something, brother. GRD is getting ready to storm the casino world with a brand new episode of Casino Combat. Get ready to step into the square circle of gambling and throw down with the biggest and baddest players around. From blackjack to craps, we'll give you the inside scoop on how to slam your way to the top. So grab your bandana, say your prayers, take your vitamins, because TRG's Casino Combat is coming for you, brother! <laughs> You know, this job gets a lot easier when I can just tell an algorithm what I need to write and have it just crank things out. And the results are a little funny sometimes. I did a couple others. Maybe I'll share some in the future. Let's get things started. I think we have a, a great episode today. I think we've got a theme or two that we're going to we- weave throughout things. I'll get to, to that in, in just a minute. But first, big news, big, big, big news uh, just happened very, very recently. Like just as I picked up the microphone, the Casino Combat Galaxy has a new Excelsior Brigade member. You may remember Alabama Renegade as the listener who used Casino Wisdom number 63 and planned around his promotions to take advantage of comps in both Las Vegas and Reno in the same weekend. He is getting ready to make that trip again. Cannot wait to hear about it. And he also figured out the real-world location of our home casino, Casino 2. And by doing that, became the newest member of the Excelsior Brigade. If you would like to join the Excelsior Brigade, you can. Just figure out the right casino name for my home casino, Casino 2, using the descriptions in the podcast. Do that in three tries or less, and you are in. So welcome to AR, the newest member. And as I said, we cannot wait to hear about his most recent trip. Next, back in episode 104, I had a lot going on. I had a lot going on. I had a smashed up car. I had messed up plumbing in a house we'd only recently moved into. I kept running into people that I know in real life and watching them lose 
and watching them know that I do what I do and not doing it and swirl all that around. And, and we had a, a somewhat somber and, uh, and melancholy, melancholy episode. And I talked about the Ents and not the tree creatures helping Mary and Pippin, not the Ents, E-N-T-S, the Ents and apostrophe T's, the can'ts, the won'ts, and the don'ts. People that either know what I do and have listened to the podcast and don't do it, or they won't do it, or in some cases, uh, they can't do it. They, they don't have the uh, skill, discipline, etc., etc., etc. But I read the post in our Facebook group that Billy with the great last name created, the Casino Combat Squad on Facebook, and I see the things we have going on on Instagram, and the, the links to those things are on the website, casinocombat.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram or on uh, Twitter, uh, want to find our official Facebook page, uh, or want to join the Casino Combat Squad Facebook group, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to like, share, comment, join in, participate. That's how we grow. But I, I see all that stuff. And I realized that, yeah, I uh, I had a dark night of the soul, so to speak. But for every ent, every n apostrophe t out there, there's a bunch of ins. There's a whole bunch of ins. And by ins, I mean try in, learn in, work in, win in. For every one dude who met me in a casino, listened to four episodes, and, and won't really apply the things I've talked about, there is an inner circle member, VCPD, eighth to the ring, patiently doing it all correctly. And doing it well, I guess, if we're going to crib some lyrics there. There's an equine ensign, getting results that match my results, doing the things that I've talked about. And looking toward a future retirement where doing casino combat is part of his lifestyle and part of his income. There is same bet, making videos to share with the squad to understand the application of TRG4 to the game of craps. There's so many people out there trying and learning and doing that we vastly outnumber the Ents. And uh, it took me a bit to get there. And in true TRG fashion, uh, you, had, you hear what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, I say that this is reality podcasting, and, and that's a great example of reality podcasting. Episode 104, you hear how I felt. And here we are in episode 108, and you're also hearing how I feel. And, and it's pretty incredible. It's pretty uplifting. It's pretty amazing all, you know, ABC, always be casinoing. That's one of our casino wisdoms. I am ABC all the time. I am always be casinoing because I'm constantly getting messages from all of you in various ways and forms and emails and, and, and private messages and all of those types of things. And there's a whole bunch of ins out there. And that is an amazing thing. And let's be, let's take the next step. Let's have the next realization there. Some of the ents who are can'ts, are also trying and learning, and maybe eventually will be doing and winning. And some of the don'ts may get tired of losing and become an in at some point. Clearly, as I said, this is a journey for me, one that many of you have decided to ride along on. Not sorry I had a bit of a down moment, just grateful that there are so many of you out there who are ins, not ents. So, what is our battle plan for today? One of our squad mates posted a very, very... This is one of the most amazing questions I think we've ever received. And it's from a squad mate in our Facebook Casino Combat Squad group. 
And it really, really made me think when Billy passed it over. It really got my brain working. And I'm going to do a question segment to respond to that. I am going to do a core concept segment and talk about the loneliest number that you'll ever do. None of this matters without results. So I'm going to do a results segment and talk about a couple of weeks of regular gambling. And finally, I have a big treat for you. In the Virtual VIP Lounge, we have a guest today, Michael Feldman of the Premier Casino Hosting Group. He is going to teach us about what he does and how he does it. Trust me, if you normally stop me when we get to the VIP lounge, if that's not something that interests you, you want to learn what Michael is going to teach us today. You really want to hear what he has to say. He, he has a vast amount of knowledge he is going to share with us in a very short amount of time on that topic. If you don't listen all the way to the end of the episode, you miss, in my opinion, the very best part. Our Casino Combat podcast theme song, the Casino Combat Blues, plays at the end of each and every episode now. So there we go. That's the battle plan. Let's get started with questions my sons ask. What? What? My sons ask questions about gambling. Listeners ask questions about gambling. Squad mates in our Facebook group ask questions about gambling. And boy, oh boy, do I have a great question that was submitted to the Facebook group. This is just amazing. And and I may paraphrase a little bit here. Billy passed it over. But the question was, would it be better to play lower limit blackjack at 6-5 to five and meta Martingale or play higher limit blackjack with three to two payouts and not Martingale. For example, $10 compared to $25. This is just an amazing question. This this is just an incredibly, incredibly good question. Let me take a quick pause here. If you're new, your head is probably spinning. TRG, four, win more, keep more, meta Martingale, what is all this? What are these people talking about? Well, If that's the case, if you're listening for the first time, if this is your first piece of content or you haven't listened to a lot of episodes, all of this is explained in episodes 62, 63, and 64. I have a variety of wagering systems that I've developed over the years in my never-so-humble opinion, the best of which is TRG4, Win More, Keep More. And if you layer on top of that, TRG3, yes, I invented them in the wrong order. <laughs> you, I numbered them the way I invented them, and in hindsight, I wish I'd have numbered them differently, named them differently, invented them differently. Uh, life happens the way life happens. But uh, TRG4 is explained in episode 62 and 63. In episode 64, I exp- is one of the places, one of several places, I've explained the idea of the Meta Martingale. And there is a playlist on YouTube called TRG Wagering Systems on the Casino Combat YouTube channel. And there is video where I demonstrate all of this, where I walk through it and and explain it in a variety of ways with real-life gambling situations. Eh, real life. Computer-generated gambling situations. That's probably a, a more accurate way to say that. So that information is all there. I encourage you to become familiar with it. If you go to uh, casinocombat.com and click on Fred and go into the Fred section, uh, Inner Circle member East Coast Emissary has been kind enough to make a set of flowcharts or decision trees, whatever you would like to call them, that will walk you right through the process, that will take you step by step each and every decision that you need to make. So this is, as I said, a great question, a really great question. And I'll be honest, when I first looked at it, I kind of felt like one of those computers in the early Star Treks where Spock would make them just go nuts and smoke would fly and sparks because they were confronted with two different conflicting 
sets of data. And I felt a little bit that way. See, episode 18, and boy, that's a long, long time ago, isn't it? But episode 18, we discussed 6 to 5 versus 3 to 2 blackjack. And I was pretty clear that I loathe 6 to 5 blackjack and I refuse to play it. And it really annoys Mrs. TRG every once in a while because she's like, it just can't be that big a deal. It just can't matter. Why can't we just play? And I'm like, no, we're going to walk to the next casino next door. We're going to find a fair game. Grump, grump, grump. It's an old dude's perspective. And I'll admit that. I started playing blackjack when minimums at nice places on the strip were $2 a hand. And six to five blackjack didn't exist. And I understand the rule change and the odds change. And it's just built into my brain that I am not going to play that. I wish no one would play it, if I'm being completely honest and transparent. I wish no one would ever play it. I wish the game would go away. If we reach a point in the future where that's the only wager, I'm not sure what I'm going to do exactly. I've considered that a couple times in the past. But let's put my bias aside. This question is not, is 6-5 to five blackjack a good thing or a bad thing for gamblers? That is not the question, and that's not even what makes this question interesting. As I said, put my bias aside. This is a much more interesting question than that. The question is, given a specific bankroll of money and this set of casino conditions, tables, rules, etc. available... How should the casino combat arsenal, how should the techniques and the wagering systems be deployed under these conditions? This is a much more interesting question. This is TRG. Here is what I have available to me. How should I best approach it? That's what this question is. And that's a much more interesting question, as I said, because that's a real world question. That's a real world application, not of how I live my life, but how this listener has an environment available. And is it better to get a slightly better rule set and not be able to use the Meta Martingale or to, in some cases, take an inferior rule set and a less than ideal, let's not say inferior, let's say a less than ideal rule set, a less than optimal rule set and be able to Meta Martingale. What's the better What's the better approach? So let's start with the math. Using wizardofoz.com as a source, uh, that's my favorite. If you don't like it, let me know what you like better. That's kind of my go-to. But using wizardofoz.com as a source and some very generic rules of blackjack, the house advantage at 3-2 to two blackjack, if you play correct basic strategy, is an expected loss for the player of roughly 40 cents per hundred wagered. And that's a that's a wishy-washy number amongst experts, if we're being honest. Tweak one little rule, and that number goes up or down. Allow splits four times or three times, the number changes. Hit soft 17, don't hit soft 17 as the dealer under the house's rules, that number changes. So let's, let's use 40 cents per hundred. For 6-5 to five blackjack, with all the other rules remaining the same, the expected loss for the player jumps to $1.90. $1.90 without running through all the numbers, but $1.90 per hundred is a bigger house advantage than either than either of the two Baccarat bets. It's a bigger house advantage than pass, don't pass on craps. It's a smaller house advantage than even odd red black on a roulette table. It's about the same as a game I just saw recently called the New Nine, which is kind of, it's not quite as robotic as Baccarat, 
but it's not nearly as complex as Blackjack, and it has none of the splits and doubles. A very beatable game, by the way. And so, in that context, a dollar ninety per hundred isn't horrible. So, less than two dollars per hundred is not a big house advantage, and it's not that much more than the house advantage on those other wagers, as I mentioned. It's not, in my opinion, an unbeatable house advantage number. That's my me putting my bias aside in favor of math. So TRG Wagering System 3, the Meta Martingale, and as I said, I wish I had invented those in a different order, leverages a larger bankroll and risks a larger single day or single session loss to take some of the choppiness out of the results. With just TRG4 at a $25 table, there will be more losing days slash sessions, but those losses will be smaller. And I'm basing that off my historical data. There will be more months with a cash loss that needs to be made up with comps and gifts because of the choppiness of the outcome. This is, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this a little bit. This is a brilliantly nuanced question. So many layers. And I wish we were sitting around a bar having drinks and really kicking this around, not just having me monologue about this. This really is about the conditions, as I said, and how to deploy the arsenal. So with the numbers in front of us, with the math in front of us, with the acknowledgement that with just TRG4 and no Meta Martingale, you'll take more losses, but they'll be smaller. And the results will be kind of choppy up and down. And that you will have more losing months, but the losses will be smaller, so more easily made up with comps and gifts. Let's take a look at a couple of scenarios. Let's take a look at a couple made-up fictional scenarios. And the first one is, the casino is several hours away, has a hotel with nice amenities. Generally, $25 players are going to get decent comps. $10 players, not so much. I'm going to assume from that that visits are going to be at most, once a week. In this situation, you could decide to play TRG4, win more, keep more, at a $25 level. You would accept that there will be some winning and some losing months, and that with the comp food, gifts, rooms, free bets, etc., most months will be winning months in terms of the entire relationship you have with the casino. And you will live a fun casino lifestyle, and you'll have a blast, and you'll get invited to concerts and all those kinds of things. But on a pure cash basis, you will have a loss after expenses some months. And some months will be great, and you'll win a lot of money. Second scenario, a casino you can get to quickly and regularly, multiple times a week. And the goal is as many cash profit months as possible, and comps don't really matter so much to you as a player. It's a different way of seeing the relationship. Same tools. Same arsenal, applied slightly differently because of a slightly different scenario. And here, as much as I hate to say it, starting at the $10 6 to 5 table and being able to meta Martingale starts to make sense. One of the core concepts, wagers with the smallest possible house advantage and an appropriate bankroll of money suitable to the wagers you're going to make. In that scenario... Being able to meta Martingale makes sense. Starting at the $10 6 to 5 table makes sense. My data says it will generate more cash winning months after expenses than just doing TRG4 to $25 table. In this scenario, your tier 1 wager is $10 with a $100 buy-in. A tier 2 wager of $20 with a $200 buy-in and a tier 3 wager of $40 with a $400 buy-in for a total of $700 at risk for the day. 
And on a losing day, you are probably around the $600 number unless things go really, really sideways right at the beginning and right at the end. You know, you need one of those where you make the second wager, your tier one, you make the second wager because you lost the first one, you make the tier two wager, you get a, uh, you get a couple splits and a double, and, and you're at a negative exit very, very quickly if you don't win. And then maybe the same thing happens at tier two, and then at tier three, you get right to the end, and you're almost at a negative exit, and you have that split double again, and you really get crushed. But other than that, you're going to have some negative exits where you're not minus eight, where there's something in the win stack, it's going to mitigate a little. You're not going to go full minus seven, lose every every chip every time. That's not going to happen. And you would, of course, apply ECE's Casino Wisdom number 40 and always play the best rules your wager will get. So you'd play the tier three wagers at the $25 table to get the three to two payout, right? So you'd make that move. You do the first the first tier at the $10 table, 6 to 5. You move to $20, you're doing 6 to 5. At the point where you had to go to tier 3, much like I often follow ECE's Casino Wisdom and move into a high limit room when I get to my tier 3, you would in this case move to the $25 for the tier 3 table. And if this was me, I'd be doing the math and considering could I expand the bankroll just a little bit? Could I add another 150 to the money for the day? Could I do that? Would my bankroll allow that? And you don't want to stretch. You don't want to gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. You don't want to gamble with money you need to pay bills. But if you could go another 150 a day, then you do tier one at $10. And then you get aggressive. You do tier two at $25 and tier three at $50 so that you're moving to those three to two tables when your wager will allow you that better rule set. I'd be wondering if I could. And if you can't, fine. As I said, don't don't stretch if you can't, but that would be an option to kind of hedge a little bit there. The other consideration here is one of the core concepts. Win a small set amount and leave. If you're going to Meta Martingale and you're going to start at $100, your small set amount should be between $80 and $120. Can you be satisfied with making, call it $100, as a day's pay number? Is that okay with you? Because I'll tell you, one of the things, I, I've watched it mess with a couple people. They apply all the things I've talked about, and then they go, well, that's not enough. I didn't win enough. I'm going to keep playing. Because I'm here, I'm in the building, and I didn't win enough. And enough is different for everyone, but if $100 isn't going to be okay for you. If you're not going to be able to just get up and walk away, at least from the table and ideally from the building, if you're doing this all the time, and say, cool, I did it. I feel satisfied. I feel happy. I won my hundred bucks. Then this all starts to fall apart. But remember my scenario. Casino, you can get too quickly and regularly. And the goal is to make as many cash profit months as possible by leveraging the Meta Martingale. $100 a day. Let's keep the math simple. Five days a week, $500 a week, $2,000 a month, and every six weeks, you're going to lose about $700. That sounds pretty good to me. As I think through this, I'm saying 100, 100, 100, 100, that's 20 tries, that's $2,000, 100, 100, just to keep the math really simple and easy. I realize it's there's one minus there, but let's, let's go with that. So we are at $3,000. 
call it minus 700. So in this scenario, living with the idea that, oh, I'm only making $100 a day as my day's pay number, we're generating what I think a lot of people would consider a pretty good side hustle income. You're often going to do this in, depending on what your travel time is, but in and out of the building, you're going to do some days that are 30 minutes. Okay, that's a $200 an hour converted to an hourly basis paycheck. That's good money. That's really good money. But you've got to be comfortable with that. You've got to understand when you're structuring this this way that you're willing to lose seven once every 30 tries over a long period of time. We know it could happen two days in a row. But we also know that people like Equine Ensign have gone out and done this and validated that in their world, in their life, in their real experience, they're getting similar numbers. So you're risking the idea that I could lose 700-ish on the way to trying to win 100 consistently day in, day out. Got to be comfortable with that number. This doesn't work. So where do I land on all this? Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Yeah, brevity and clarity. We'll see. Um, yeah, given the conditions we've described, I'd tolerate the 6 to 5 rule as infrequently as possible, but I'd tolerate that 6 to 5 rule, and I'd use the Meta Martingale, and I'd try to make it a multiple time a week thing, I'd just rather have a lot of winning days and level out the cash flow, given the scenarios we have. I'd just rather do that, even though I've got to do the six to five. All right, I said, I said wrap it up, and <laughs> I said this is an interesting question. I'm still dealing with the math in my head. It's all just still going through my brain. I can't wrap this up yet. Let's, let's continue to apply the core concepts. Let's continue to think just a little further on this amazing question. We want to make wagers with the smallest possible house advantage. A buck ninety per hundred is not the smallest house advantage available to us, I suspect, in the real world casino this question is based on. My scenario is made up, but my thinking here is that there's probably another $10 wager available in the building with a smaller house advantage than a buck ninety per hundred wagers. Is there a bubble crafts machine? where I can play a $10 unit size? Is there Baccarat or Craps at a $10 unit size if there's not Bubble Crafts? And if there is, that's where I'd start. I wouldn't get focused in on, I'm going to play Blackjack, and because I'd be playing Blackjack. Why do I, wow, I'm getting way sideways here, but why do I play Blackjack? Because 30 years ago, I read the math, and it was the smallest house advantage. It was the easiest game to beat by memorizing a chart because the house advantage was so minuscule. That is why that's one of the core concepts. So we're not hung up on blackjack for the sake of blackjack. We're hung up on blackjack for the smallest possible house advantage. So if the bankroll says the starting unit size for the Meta Martingale needs to be $10, the question is, what's the smallest house advantage we can get for $10 per wager? Is there bubble craps? As I said, is there Baccarat or craps? Is there a $1.10 wager to start the process that has a smaller house advantage than a buck ninety per hundred? I don't know this listener's casino. I don't know this squad mate's casino. I don't know the casino that this question was based on. But you see my point. If $10 is the wager that we need to make to start the Meta Martingale with the bankroll we have, 
then I'd do the day this way, and I'm basing this off my local casino. I would walk in, I would do the first tier of the Meta Martingale at a bubble craps machine. And if I got to my day's pay number, if I got to my 8 to 12 units, then I'm walking away. Good job. Day well done. Not really playing for the comps anyway, probably. I'm playing for the money. I don't need the comps to level me out as much because I'm going to have less choppy days. And okay, fine. Now, if I lose my my 8, 9, 10 units doing that over a couple machines, over a couple games with a break in between to look at the fountains or the Buddha statue, then I try again with a $20 unit size. Or if I had that extra money to put into the bankroll, now I move to the blackjack table. But let's say I didn't have that extra money. Take a break. Record my results, go to the bar and get a root beer, sip the root beer looking at the fountain, walk by the Buddha statue, rub Buddha's belly. I understand that's supposed to be good luck. I don't know, don't believe in luck. And we're back at a different bubble crafts machine. We're trying again at a $20 unit size. And we may have a losing session, a winning session, a losing session, a winning. We may do two or three air quotes tables. But if we don't get to the point where we have all the money we started with plus a day's pay, fine. Now we go to the blackjack table. Now we're playing the the twenty five uh, the forty dollar hand. Sorry, forgot my model. Now we're playing the forty dollar unit size with the four hundred dollar buy in, and we're trying to c- come back with the meta martingale. That would be for me the optimal application of the entire casino combat arsenal, assuming that there is either a bubble craps, a craps table, or a baccarat table with that lower limit available with that lower dollar size amount available and there we could look at it a different way boy i'm <laughs> i told you this is a great question i told you my brain's just spinning like tires in the mud in alabama you could then look at it a different way you could look at your bank and you could say what if there is no bubble craps there is no ten dollar bach there is no ten dollar uh full full price full service craps table full normal standard craps table are those available at 15 could we stretch our bankroll that way could we do $15 Bach as tier one and then $30 blackjack as tier two and then $60 blackjack as tier three? Would that be a possibility? That's the interesting thing about this question, isn't it? We are taking all that we know, all that we've talked about across 107 episodes, all the various techniques. The bets we know have small house advantages. The wagers we know that if we do this right, we can beat with some consistency. And we're deciding how to apply all of that material to a very specific casino situation. This is brilliant. And this is something VCPD is likewise going through, right? We've seen his patience. We've seen his brilliance. We've seen his focus and dedication, He is analyzing a brand new casino and sorting out how to apply all of this. Great question. Just, you know, give me two bourbons and have two with me and sit around the VIP lounge with me. And we could just talk about this for hours. We really could. I love this question. Thank you so, so very much. What's next? What is next? (laughs) We're wrapped up in the question. Oh, let's take just a minute and then we will do one core concept segment. So full disclosure, because you know I love full disclosure. That's it's just built into the brand. Full disclosure, I almost did this as I almost did this as a moment of concept segment and kind of 
bent things around each other to to kind of make this point in a a, a fancy uh, kind of uh, crazy psychedelic seventies mind bending way. And I don't think I decided that's not what I want to do because I don't like disagreeing with some of the greatest poets of our time, or at least greatest poets of my time. I don't. But uh, one is not the loneliest number that you'll ever do. It's not. I really want you to think about something. This is a very, very simple truth. The easiest thing to win is one. The hardest thing to win is infinity. Let me say that again. The easiest thing to win is one. And the hardest thing to win is infinity. And I knew that instinctively. But about a year ago, I decided to start collecting data to prove this, as much as my small amount of data can prove anything. So what I started doing, I added a, uh, a box on the app, and it just was asking the question, was one unit one? Yes, no. This is regardless of the outcome. I didn't change how I played. I still used the same wagering system. I still used the same process. The question is, was there a moment, even if I finished minus eight units, was there a moment in time where I was plus one unit, where I could have walked away up one unit? And so I collected that data. Every bubble craps table, every craps table, every blackjack table, the one or two Baccarat tables I may have played. I, I didn't, slots don't apply. Uh, video poker doesn't apply. But the table games, the question was, could I have left plus one unit if I had wanted to? And I just collected that data. I just built the spreadsheets every month, spreadsheet, spreadsheet, spreadsheet. And recently, after kicking things around a little bit with um, Equine Ensign, and <laughs> um, I'm not sure that guy knew what he was getting into when he listened to the podcast. He and I think so much alike. Never met face-to-face, -face, never met in person, but we think so much alike. We see the world the same way. We're, we often message back and forth in shorthand. And the poor guy, I don't know if he knew what he was getting into. And I've uh, I've perhaps uh, imposed on his relationship a little bit. But I was in a casino. I had an idea kind of playing off of this data that I was accumulating. And I literally sat down at the bar and said, hey, I'm sorry, this is going to be long. I didn't mean to bother you. And you don't have to reply to me if you don't want to, but I got to capture this idea. And he was very generous with his time. We went back and forth a bit. <laughs> inner circles, inner circle for a reason. They know more about me than, uh, and of course, Excelsior Brigade. They know more about me than other people know, more than the casual listener know. We, we have conversations at weird times of the day or night together in various ways. That, that's kind of what Inner Circle and, and Excelsior Brigade are. But here was the idea. And I'm glad I captured it because I came back to it then about uh, just recently. But a couple months later, I came back to it because I had captured the idea by having the conversation. And that was this. I took all those spreadsheets that I'd been accumulating with monthly results and collecting this one yes, no. Did I win one unit before I could I have left with one unit if I'd have wanted to? And I took all those spreadsheets and I made a database of all the results. And so no longer did I have to just look at the results month by month. This is going to be a very powerful tool over time. I'm able to look at all of the months of data 
and say, how many total tries of this experiment did I have? And of those tries, how many times could I have left having won just one unit? And how many times did I have no chance? How many times was I never up one unit and could not have left with that one unit profit? And I can look at lots of data points now. And that means I can also graph results of anything by the month. I can do monthly expenses as a graph over time. I can do monthly blackjack or bubble crafts. I have all kinds of data now that I can pull out of this database in an interesting and meaningful way. So, 1,252 data points up until last month. And as I said, that's blackjack and crafts, maybe a maybe a, a baccarat or two thrown in there. And it's two different kinds of craps. It's regular craps and it's bubble craps. And there's maybe a stadium craps thrown in there somewhere. But one from those 1,252 data points, 91% of the time, there was an opportunity to win one unit and leave. 9% of the time, there was a loss without that opportunity. So out of 100 tries, 91 wins, for a total of $91, and assuming that the loss was uh, 8 units, a loss of uh, $78. There's not a huge win here if we're just talking about $1, right? There's just, there's not, it's $13 if, if you just won, literally won $1. If you only won one unit and your unit size was $1, not a huge win. But we've got to be fair. Often we would take a loss. Often we would walk away from a table with a negative exit point. We would have lost money, but maybe we lost four units. Maybe we lost five units. There was something in the win stack. Not every seven or eight unit loss, depending on if you're doing TRG3 or TRG4, not every loss is a full loss of the full buy-in. Some of it's a percentage of the buy-in. So it's not going to, the, the, the win amount is going to be bigger than the, what, $13 or whatever in this $1 uh, illustration. But here's the bigger idea from there. What if the we adjust the unit size so that the unit size is one day's pay? Now we walk in, big buy-in, big buy-in, big number. Want to win 100 bucks a day. To go back to what we were talking about before. I want to win 100 bucks a day, 100 bucks is my day's pay number. So I'm going to walk in, I'm going to buy in with $1,000. And I'm going to play TRG4. And at any moment where I'm up 100 bucks, I'm out. Could be the first hand. Ideally, the first hand is a blackjack, and, and you're up a unit and a half, and, and you're out the door. You're up 150 bucks. And every once in a while, you'll play for a while and then get there. And every once in a while, you'll, you'll take the loss and you'll leave. So 91 times, 91 days out of 100, you're going to leave with the winner. Obviously, we are not worried about comps here. We're not worried about that. That's not what this is. This is what is our best Chance, as I said, the easiest thing to win is one. The hardest thing to win is infinity. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. So you could, in fact, go in, get your day's pay number 91 times out of 100. And then you have to have the discipline the other nine times that whenever you hit that negative exit, you just got to turn around and walk. You have to have, we would have to in this mathematical puzzle we're looking at, if you will, be willing to walk away at that point. And you could then, if you had the bankroll, and the confidence, well, now we can make the unit size $1,000 a day. We just got to put together $30,000, right? $40,000. I've never had, once again, it's funny how numbers come up repeatedly. I've never taken more than two 
back-to-back tables where I didn't win at least one unit at some point. So once again, we could put together 40 grand that we could afford to lose and we didn't need to pay bills. And we could play a $1,000 unit size. We could buy in with $10,000. And as soon as we won $1,000, we're done. And then we could put that money aside. We could make plans with it. We could set it aside for taxes and future losses and all of that. Over time, we'd build up the bankroll to the point we could start pulling most of that 1000 off every day because we'd be comfortable that we had enough set aside. And we could make it 10000 mm, Going to have trouble finding probably places that'll take $10,000, but maybe not. Maybe you live close to Atlantic City or Vegas and, and you could do a $10,000 unit size. Now that gets to be pretty fun. I mean, you need hundreds of thousands of dollars in your bankroll to do that. The other place I think this idea could be really, really, really fun is if you put together the bankroll around a $100 unit size. You structure everything for your Vegas trip around having a unit size of $100. And now you just roam the strip, right? Now you just walk from casino to casino and you're sightseeing and you're shopping and you're stopping to get something to eat. And as you walk through each casino, you walk up to the table probably the high limit table, you walk up, you throw down $1,000. As soon as you want 100 bucks, you walk away. Next casino, 100 bucks. You may reach a point in your vacation where you're like, oh, well, cool. We've played a total of 70 tables. We took one loss and we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And now the vacation's over. We never got to 100 tries. We never got to 1,000 tries. We never got to 2,000 tries. We never got to enough tries to hit the 9% loss rate. Or we got to 50 and we took four or five. That could be a lot of fun to just roam around and play. A lot more fun if you could do it with $1,000. The other application of this information is more situational, right? I didn't want to just bring you this and tell you, here's a way you could win consistently, in my opinion, in Las Vegas or Atlantic City, or if you had the discipline to just go in every day and win your $100, The other app, there's two other applications of this, actually. The other application, the first one I want to talk about is the smaller your positive exit point. That's really what this is telling us, that the easiest number to win is one and the hardest number to win is infinity. You can apply that to how you set your positive exit point. The smaller your positive exit point, the more times you will reach it. The larger your positive exit number, the more times you will fail. So as you, you think about applying everything I've said and, and, and selecting how much that, back to that question, how much can, do you want your day's pay number to be? Can you be happy with 100? Is that not enough to justify your time? If you set your positive exit number at infinity, you will always lose. If your positive exit number is infinity, you will never reach it. It is impossible. And if you set your positive exit number at one unit, you will win 91% of the time. Obviously, there's a point there, right? Um, I like ECE's approach. I, I don't directly apply it, but his idea is get ahead five units, use TRG4, you will leave with two units. A very small, very reachable, very doable number. I apply ECE's technique, by the way, when I get around the, the 10 to 12 unit point. That's where I apply that. But the idea is here that if you set the number very, very small, you're in great shape. If you set the number impossibly large all the way to infinity, 
you are going to fail more often than you succeed. So we can apply these statistics that I gathered. We can apply this crazy idea of just walking in and trying to win one unit in more practical ways as we set our positive and negative exit points to something that is a positive exit point that is relatively easy to achieve. I don't think much of us, many of us are ever going to want to put together or be able to put together a bankroll large enough to do this at the $1,000, $10,000 level. I suspect a lot of us could do it with a hundred bucks. And it, honestly, I may try that. I may, we're going to be in Las Vegas coming up here in a couple months. I may try setting aside a separate bankroll and just at random casinos where I don't play very much, walking in and just trying to win a hundred bucks and walk out. That, that may be fun. That may be something I'll try. But keep in mind, as you think about things, as you think about things in the big picture, planning your, your gambling trip and thinking about what your positive and negative exit points are, you know, ECE's is five, at least as he proposed his exit strategy. Mine's, you know, that 10 to 12 number. And then we see how things happen for us. Pick those numbers with purpose. And now here's the neat thing. I did some gambling recently. There's no surprise. And I'm going to ramble about that to you in just one second after we uh, after we have that little sounder to break things up, after we have that little, little moment there. But I'm going to show you some other ways that you can apply this thinking on the fly in the small picture. I'm going to show you applica- another application of this idea that it is very easy to win one and it is impossible to win infinity. In fact, I didn't really realize it when I wrote the outline, but the hardest thing to win is infinity. And I'm also going to show you an example of that. And we will do that in the next segment. When I outlined this, I, I laid it out as a result segment. We did do a bit of traveling. We did take a, a weekend and, and go down for a couple nights to Casino One, the casino where it all started. Had a couple of comps nights, had some, some money to use for some comp food, had some match bets and some free slot play. And we did go down for for a couple of days. Yes, to live a casino lifestyle, honestly, to give Mrs. TRG just a little break, to get her out of the house and into a into a vacation, if you will, mindset, into a resort mindset, and, and just get a little time away. And that is a wonderful thing. It is a truly wonderful thing. She has lots of co-workers and girlfriends who would love to just travel a short distance and check into a hotel and, and eat room service and restaurants and go to the pool or go to the spa, but it's too much money. It's too much money to just do all the time for no reason. We can go to dinner right here. Why do we need to go someplace? It changes your point of view when you can do it, A, for free, and then B, with a high probability that you will return home with more money than when you left. That is a lot about what this podcast is about, the ability to do that. And we have, as you've seen, plenty of opportunities. And then to just go sideways completely from the from the outline, it's interesting because I was, I was messaging last night with uh, with Equine Ensign, and he was asking kind of about bankroll over time, how the bankroll had grown over time, and how pre-podcast table limits might have been selected differently than during the podcast. We we're going roundabout on a on a, a variety of things, 
And the point I was making to him and the point I'm making here actually for a reason is that if you think back to those early episodes of the podcast, when the, the pandemic lockdowns were in semi-full effect, lots of rules, lots of behaviors, it was easy to do a travel segment because once a week, on average, my wife and I, or just myself, would go someplace overnight. And I could tell you, I played this table before dinner, and then I ate this meal, and then I played these three tables after dinner, and I won or lost this number of days pay, and we went home. And then there wouldn't be really a chance to gamble again in the very early parts of the podcast. There wouldn't even be another opportunity to gamble for another week. Because the casinos close to me were still closed. There wasn't a way to do as much repetition as I do now. And so it was easy to dive in and do details and, and tell you what restaurant we ate at and tell you we got comp this and tell you we got comp that. And now that gambling is a, a five to seven day a week thing, and now that it's multiple times and sometimes I travel and then I, I come home and then I grab my wife and then we travel, it's got to be more results-based and it's got to be less detailed. And I'm going to give you at the end of the segment, I'm going to give you a day's pay number for the two weeks that we're talking about here, but I'm not going to try to go through it piece by piece, detail by detail. We're just going to pull the interesting stuff. We're going to pull the educational and informative stuff. And educational is a key word there because I'm going to show you that I've been learning some things about myself as well. So Started with a bunch of a bunch of gambling locally, did the horse track thing, did the free slot play thing, did the free lunch thing, picked up, uh, I don't even remember anymore. Oh, I picked up a blender and a toaster, a t-shirt, a necklace, a bunch of free stuff, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of free stuff, and, and, and won money basically every day. And so we head down to Casino One, which is two hours south and east of our home, and we check into a very, very nice room, and we 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 do some gambling on Friday night, obviously. We get down, we do a little happy hour in the room, we go downstairs, we go to play, and I remember it very, very clearly. So keep in mind, I've done a week of winning, so we're playing on winnings, and we won the month before, and before, and before, and before, and before. And so there's a very clear point in my memory and there's a very clear point in my notes where I set aside the money I had started with, the buy-in amount, and I set aside another chunk of money and I put in my notes as I remember it and as I documented it, okay, now I don't care anymore, the drinks are free, I'm just going to have fun with the rest of the money. So I put aside all of my money, I put aside a couple three days pay, and had enough money left to keep playing, and I just played. And we just played and stayed up late, and had a blast, and so I wake up the next morning a little bit disheveled, as you might imagine, and Mrs. TRG is still asleep, and I'm a little groggy and a little foggy, and I go over to the to the desk, and I look at the desk, and there's all these chips laid out in very nice little stacks. Everything is very, very organized. And I go, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I put this amount. This is the money I bought in with. And then I put this amount of money aside so that I had the right number of days pay as a win. And then I had this other money to play with. Oh, well, I guess I really didn't win much of anything. Oh, well, still won more than three days pay. I know I know. I put numbers in for Mrs. TRG. I know she won some money. That's probably in her purse. Cool. 
all is right with the world. All is good for Team TRG after night one at uh, Casino One. And so I get showered up, I get cleaned up. Mrs. TRG is saying she's going to sleep a little more and then she'll get in the shower and then we'll go get some food. And I say, great, I'm going to go down and, and do some things. I got a couple things to take care of kind of administratively and, and, you know, let me know when you're, you're ready. And so I'm, I'm getting suited and booted and I throw the vest on and I reach in the right hand pocket of the vest, which is generally not used for anything. And there's a bunch of chips. There's a bunch of chips. There's another 10 days pay in chips in that pocket. I'm like, wow. And so now I dig into the app and I go, oh, that's right. And here's the part. Despite the fact that I kind of went, okay, done being serious TRG professional gambler, just going to have fun with my wife. I had still documented it all. I had still documented another three or four tables. I had still documented the unit size. I had still made notes for myself. I had still done all of that. And Mrs. TRG is like, you're still here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just tell her the whole story I just told you. And she goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you get the chips out of my purse? <laughs> and I go, you have chips in your purse? She goes, yeah. Cause you remember I went over to play, uh, to, to play, uh, Heidi's beer house and I had those chips and you said your pot. I was like, okay, yep. I actually remember that. And I'm checking in the app. Yep. Sure enough. It's all written in everything. All the paperwork got done correctly. All the bookkeeping got done correctly despite being kind of in fun mode. And so she's got another over a day's pay in her purse in chips. And so I go down, cash all that in, collect all that money, and that's a great thing. We I did a little gambling, didn't really matter either way. We went and got some brunch, and as we're coming back from, from getting brunch, Mrs. TRG says, you know, I realize I'm just being lazy, but I think I'm going to go sit in the hot tub a little bit and then take a nap. And I think this is excellent because this is casino lifestyle. And this is the reason I try to, in the school year, take her to these places because she would never at home just go take a bubble bath and take a nap on Saturday afternoon because she just had a great breakfast and a mimosa and now she just wants to do something fun. But she does that because she's got out of that work mindset and into that just relax and chill out mindset, which is a, is an excellent, excellent, excellent part of this. But what happened, right? What happens? I'm feeling invincible. I'm feeling indestructible. To tie back in to the previous segment, I'm feeling like I can win infinity. Just going to keep winning. And I didn't. Didn't keep winning. Took a couple losses. Took a tier three loss. Not a big deal compared to what I'd won the night before. And I did a little of this and I did a little of that. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, the one panda slot machine. It's kind of like the Phoenix slot machine, but there's a panda and there's a little devil. That's what hot stuff, right? So there's a hot stuff panda machine. And I wrestled with that stupid panda for like 45 minutes. Hit several different kinds of bonuses and this and that. And never, using TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos, never got anywhere close to, to winning just enough to walk away. Wrestled and wrestled and wrestled, and ended up taking a, a loss there. Not a ruin of my trip, not a ruin of my month, but I gave a lot of that surprise. Oh, that's right, you won 10 days pay. I gave a big chunk of that back, caught up with my wife, went to dinner, had a nice evening, won some money back, had a lot of fun, great trip, great date weekend, a blast all the way around, no complaints, zero, 
but I did turn a nice win on Friday into a, 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 a net loss on Saturday because it was just so easy to win. It's just so easy. I just do it all the time. And then the other thing I want to note here is I want to look at Mrs. TRG's results. And we don't do that. I don't break out hers and mine. I just do ours. And obviously, I do a lot more gambling than she does. So proportionally, that's that's okay. But during the school year in particular, her play is very limited. She has very few opportunities. Her life is very, very, very busy. And she teaches third graders the science of reading way more than she has time to, to hang around in casinos and, and play cards. And so given those limited choices or limited opportunities, let's say it that way, given those limited, limited opportunities, she went through three months where she would just go, I just can't win. I just can't win. I don't win at all. And I was looking at it and going, you know, the total for the month, you lost less than a day's pay. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. But it was bugging her. It was making her feel bad. Well, now the last two months, she's had nice wins. Wins of more than a day's pay, a couple, three days pay in some cases. And the reason I'm highlighting this is this idea that her play may be much more in line with what some of you are doing. A weekend here, a Sunday brunch and some play there. Two or three, four tries at most a month. Which means, you know, I'm showing you 20, 30, 40 tries a month. If you get three or four, you're going to have a losing month and maybe another losing month. And hopefully your comps make up for it. I think in most cases, if we broke out Mrs. TRG's play, we'd find that, yes, she lost a day's pay over the course of six tries in a month. But even on that, she got more in comps than she lost. She got more value into her life than what she would have lost. But the idea here is that her play is choppy. She doesn't met a martingale. She has limited tries. So she has losing months and she has winning months, and that's normal. And I wanted to pull that out and, and highlight it. And now I want to tell you, I got two more things I want to pull out here, and then I'll give you a number, and, and then we'll go on from there. Got a great interview coming up for you in the virtual VIP segment. It's tempting here. It's tempting to tell you I'm going to tell you about the perfect date. Describe... Your perfect date. That's a tough one. <laughs> I'd have to say April 25th, because it's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. And as funny as that is, I'm really telling you about a perfect day. Jokes aside, I do want to tell you about a perfect day. I have only, up until this time, up until the time of the day I'm about to tell you about, I've only done this once in my life, and I noted it. I think I even talked to, to you folks about it, but I noted it, and I thought, wow, that's really neat. That's really special. I just did it again. In fact, I almost did it twice, and here's how the perfect day goes. Stop at the horse track, look at the horses, get some food, put my free play into the slot machine, and win enough money that's free money, by the way, right? That's free tax, free imaginary money. Well, that's not imaginary. That's real money. But I take free slot play, which I can't pull out of the machine. I use TRG slot strategy number one. Okay, I've mentioned them both. If you're not familiar, I have a couple slot strategies. They are applicable to different situations. They, they accomplish different things. They have different goals. 
I wrote it all down. It's a 28-page ebook. It is completely free. There is no hook. There is no upsell. There's none of that. Go to the CasinoCombat.com website. Go to the Fred section. Find Casino Combat Slot Tactics. It is a PDF. You are welcome to download it and read it, and it will tell you both of these slot strategies. So I'm at the horse track. I put my card in the machine. I put the free play from my card into the machine. I play. I take all the winnings, and I've won enough or more than enough money to do my bubble crap strategy when I get to the real casino. So I go to the real full service casino. I get my parking comp. I get my big box gifts card. I get my uh, free bet. I document all of that. I go to the bubble crafts machine, which is what the first thing I do when I walk in almost every time. And I do my bubble crafts experiment, just the way we've talked about the last two episodes. And I go through the bubble crafts process. But because I won at the horse track more money than I need to do my bubble craps strategy, I don't have any money at risk. It's my money as soon as I win it from the slot machine. The model I'm using here is I walked out of the house with X dollars. I still have X dollars plus the money won at the horse track. Some of the money won at the horse track, in this case, because this is a perfect day, generates a profit. And now I go to the blackjack table and I have the slot machine win. I have the bubble craps win. That's all X plus dollars. That's more than I walked out of the door with in the morning. And I certainly buy in for the full 10 units at the blackjack table. But now because I'm aware of this, now because this is happening for the second time ever to me, I'm watching. And I never once had a situation where I had bet more than the money won at the slot machine and the bubble craps. What's the easiest number to win? One is the easiest number to win. And when I sat down at the blackjack table, I knew that I only had to win six units, not eight to 10, not 12. I just had to win six units using the money won from bubble craps and slots to have my day's pay. And I did. And I left. I didn't try to win infinity. I didn't try to win the impossible. I tried to win the very small number, relatively speaking. I never I never use, I told you, um, the ECE has this technique of using, if he wins five, he's going to leave with two. I respect it. I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant bit of thinking, and I apply it myself. But in this case, I just said, Six is a relatively easy number of units to win. I'm going to win six. I'm going to have my day's pay. I'm going to stop and say hi to Gabriel and Spike Dice that I saw on the way in. I'm going to talk with them, and I'm going to walk out. From the moment I left the horse track to the moment I left my local casino, that includes about a 15-20 minute drive. Total, hour and 15 minutes. Day's pay hour and 15 minutes, never put any of the money I left my home with at risk. It was all house money. I tell you, I have told you, I've been telling you for approaching three years now that the casino will give you money to gamble with. This perfect day, which I've done twice, is an excellent illustration of that. 
They gave me some free money to play slots. I used the free money playing slots to win real money. I used the real money to win more real money playing bubble craps. And then I turned that combined amount of money into the other few units I needed to have a day's pay. And I left. And that is a wonderful, wonderful hourly rate. Now, here's the interesting thing and something that I do want to get into in some detail as we wrap up this segment. That happened on like a Monday or a Tuesday. Fast forward to Thursday. This Thursday is interesting. My work wrapped up around lunchtime. I had free slot playing at the horse track. I go to the horse track. I win enough money to play bubble craps. Barely. Playing bubble craps, I win again. Now I have enough money to try to have two perfect days in the same week. And I fell just short. Because there was a three-unit bet, which was the last three units of the money won slots and bubble craps and I had to double it and the double came from my own money money I had left the house with and I won that total of six units and that total of six units one put me over the day's pay number and should have wrapped me up for the day should have been done on that Thursday the same way I was done on that Monday or Tuesday And it's not a perfect day because I did have to put a small amount of my own money at risk to get to the win that I wanted to get to, but it was real close. And so now I am tracking how many perfect days I can have. And they're only going to happen if I win enough money on slots with free slot play to then push the process forward. If I finish the free slot play with 20 bucks not going to have a perfect day. The setup is starting with a nice win on the free slot play. But this Thursday is different from that Monday or Tuesday because Mrs. TRG, and as I said, it's now, I wrapped up around lunchtime, call it two o'clock in the afternoon. And Mrs. TRG is going to dinner with fellow teachers, a group of teachers she goes to dinner with about once every three, four months. So she has dinner and she had told me that when she come, came back from dinner, she was going to call her mother. So I should plan my time accordingly because she was going to be busy till about 10 o'clock at night. And I'm bored. I'm bored. And I'm invincible, right? I am thinking, for all practical purposes, I can win infinity. Winning one is easy and winning infinity is possible, but I haven't learned that yet. And I'm bored. And I didn't go anywhere Like I didn't go to the MGM, you know, two and a half hours west and north. I didn't go to my home casino, Casino 2, which is two and a half hours east and south. And I decide, you know, what the heck? What the heck? Instead of just, I've been walking in, walking out, walking in, walking out, winning money, winning money, won money this weekend with my wife, won money last week, won money last month, won money all the months before that. Why not just pretend I'm at one of those other places for the evening, since I don't need to be anywhere till 10 o'clock, why not just go ahead and do what I would do in those other places and do a couple more laps and then go down and eat the comp buffet and then do a couple more laps? Why not win more money? Right? Why not? So I did. Did like four more laps. Reached a point where I went into high limit for the second time on tier three. And the pit boss is like, you didn't leave? You always leave once you get your money here. 
And I said, well, yeah, but I, I, I didn't go here and I didn't go there. And my wife, blah, 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 lay out the whole story for him the way I laid it out for you. I was like, eh, it's on board. So I figured I'd do a couple more laps. And he goes, oh, lucky us. Great. So ultimately, head back home. My wife says, where have you been? I said, it's nine o'clock. You, you told me you weren't going to need me till 10. Oh, that's right. I did. Oh, my mom's out. I, my mom wasn't home. So I just wondered where you were. Not a big deal. Nobody's mad. But I said, well, I thought I was home on time. Next day, Friday, she likewise is going to a play or something. She's got some set of commitments once again. And I, once again, finish my real job relatively early in the, in the, in the day, certainly mid-afternoon. And she doesn't need me. I quickly win my day's pay. I think about going home. I really don't have anything I need to do. I've done the invoicing. I've done this business thing. I've done this business. All my real life ducks are in order. And so why not? Why not just do what I did yesterday? So I do another another two, three laps. Won a nice amount of money. I'm looking in the app. I'm looking at what's going to be a great month. I'm not, I'm just barely halfway. This is going to be a great month. This is going to be excellent. Did it yesterday. Might as well do another lap. It's a tier three loss. It's not just a tier three loss. It's one of those tier three losses that I was telling you about as an example earlier. It's funny how those come to mind so easily and quickly. It's a never won a single unit loss at tier one. And I'm going, well, not a big deal. Not a, not a big deal at all. I mean, I've won more than that already today, plus what I won yesterday, plus I had a perfect day beginning of the week, plus this, ah, not a big deal. I've been to, I was to tier three yesterday twice. If I have to go to tier three, I do. Next table, I win the first bet. I lose all the rest of the bets. I have eights split three times and doubled once as the final bet and lose them all. So that's actually more than the buy-in. Well, that's not a big deal. I haven't even been to Tier 3 yet today. I did it twice yesterday. I'll just go to Tier 3. First Tier 3, hit the negative exit. I've lost about four units. So now, now I'm actually not really ahead for the day at all. Now I've kind of ruined the whole day's win. But I only lost four units at Tier 3. I won a bunch of money yesterday. Why not just go ahead? It's not even a full rebuy. You've got plenty of money, TRG. You'll pull this out of the ditch. It's no big deal. You don't have anywhere to go. So I throw another 400 bucks on the table and I rebuy. And once again, hit one of those splits and doubles and it doesn't go well. And now we're done. And we've lost more than what we won for the day. We've lost more than just the normal you know, four or five days pay that you would have lost if you hadn't done the rebuy at tier three because it's only four units. You know, it's a it's a pretty big slap upside the head. And I left and it's not the end of the world, but I wanted to highlight this because there's a couple things going on here. One, this is the illustration of me not trying to win infinity, but it is an example of me feeling indestructible, unbeatable, so used to winning that I just think it's going to happen every time. This is a process. This is reality podcasting in every sense of the word. I am still learning. I am still making mistakes. The game of casino gambling is still teaching me lessons and lessons that may be useful to some of you. 
The lesson I'm learning from the trip we took and from the gambling from boredom and arrogance that I did is that those, those are emotions that I need to lock down as well. We talked in a moment of concepts a while back about the idea that I've developed all these techniques, I've developed all these concepts as a way to control innate, normal human behavior and, 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 and put it on lockdown. To con- I, I learned to make rules to control myself so I didn't do the things that humans often just normally do. The negative emotions, the greed, the gluttony, the, the, the jealousy, the anger, the, all those negative emotions. And now what the game is teaching me. See, I never got to this point, right? I never in my life till now got to the point of being able to feel indestructible. I never had this kind of documentation on winning. I never, I, I wasn't, you know, pre-podcast, I wasn't able to say, oh, I won money last March. I won money last April. I won money last May. I didn't have those records. And those records are making arrogance. And those records are allowing me when I'm bored to go, oh, what the heck? I'll just do it again. I'll just do it again. I'll just do it again. Forgetting that, forgetting that I'm not invincible. I'm not unbeatable. Losses are going to happen. Losses do happen on average about once every 30 tries, which means if I piled 30 tries into a week, it's going to happen once a week. If I do it, if I have a try every day, it's once every six weeks or more. I got arrogant. I got I didn't get greedy. I really didn't care about the money. I was just bored. I was in a place I liked. I didn't have anything else I really needed to do. I didn't have anything pressing. No customers were calling and asking for everything or anything. And I'm learning a lesson. I'm learning a lesson from the game. I've got to evolve as a player to the point. I've, I've Let me say it a different way. I've evolved as a player to the point where those emotions that were never a factor before are a factor now. And I need to recognize them as they are happening and control them the way I control other things. And if my track record is any indication, I may stumble here or there, but over time I will start to recognize and go, TRG, you're just feeling indestructible. You're not. Control that. Apply other techniques to that. I will. That'll happen. And as I always hope, as I always express, I share my flaws and failings in the hopes that some of you learn from them and don't have to make the same mistakes. I am trying to be your cheat code. I am trying to tell you this new thing that happened to me so that if it happens to you, you win four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten tries in a row, and you say, well, I can do this all the time. I, I always win. Eh, you don't always win. You can't win infinity. If we apply the lesson from the previous segment, winning one day is easy. Winning infinity days is impossible, right? It's the same lesson all over again. As above, so below. The things that apply in the small world apply in the larger world. The things that apply at the quantum level apply at the planetary level. It is easy to win one day. It is impossible to win infinity days. (laughs) And I just learned that lesson the hard way. How do we do? Honestly, we had a good two weeks. A bit more than 15 days pay in 15 days. That's not bad. The reality is, with a little more self-awareness and a little more knowledge and a little more skill, it would have been a lot more than that. I'm off to a good start after expenses. Mrs. TRG contributed as well. 
it's a good month. It's a month that, unless things go really sideways, we should be very happy with the next time we get together in the next episode and sit down in the VIP lounge together and crack a root beer and talk about the results. It's looking like we're going to have pretty good results to talk about. But the lesson is it could have been a lot better if I'd have been a little smarter, a little more skilled, a little more self-aware, and a little more knowledgeable. That's the lesson from this two weeks. At least that's the lesson for me. All right, let's pop some bottles. Let's uh, let's get that champagne going. I have an excellent guest for you in the virtual VIP lounge, and that's next. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to segment in Casino Lifestyle Podcasting. Each and every episode, the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge. The segment where you get to hear the Casino Combat theme song as we wrap up the segment. Our virtual VIP lounge has the best virtual everything virtually all the time. Lana stopped by, provided some of her pulled pork for the virtual buffet. Help yourself. Unfortunately, T-Rex informs me that we are out of virtual artisanal orange soda today. Not sure what's up with that, but we will try to work through that. As always, fix yourself a virtual plate. Pour yourself a virtual drink. Casino VIP lounges are a great place to hang with friends. If you can, press pause. Join me for a drink. Make yourself something to eat. I'm actually I'm a little off-brand today. I'm having a zero-calorie beer. Not, as I said, my normal style. A bit off-brand. But we have a guest with us today. And I need to be sharp to do this interview and do it well. All right, everybody, we are very fortunate today. I told you we would have a guest in the virtual VIP lounge, and we do. Independent casino host Michael Feldman is with us today. Thank you very much for being here, Michael. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, I always say that I don't know everything about gambling. I just want to know everything about gambling. So I didn't realize that there was such a thing as an independent casino host. I mean, I've, I've had hosts at various properties in the past. I've talked to hosts when I needed something. But uh, what's an independent casino host, and how is that different, if it is different, from an in-house casino? So an in-house host works for that particular property, and they work for the casino. Their job is to make sure that the casino is protected, and they work to make sure the guests in that particular casino are that they're getting what they need, they're getting what they want, they're getting the comps that they need, and they're happy. As where an independent host such as myself, my job is to bring in new guests. My job is to make sure that the guests that I bring in they're happy and they're taken care of. So the in-house host, their job is really a nine-to-five job and they're not really looking out for their, their players. They don't, really, they don't really care so much about their players because they don't work on commission. They're a salary-based uh, pay job, paying job, as where I work on commission. So it's in my best interest to make sure that my clients are well taken care of, that they have what they need. So... Yeah, it's 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 two completely different jobs. It's completely different positions, and yeah, completely different. And it sounds like the focus is kind of two different places as well. Um, and obviously, I'd rather have a host that's focused on me, not on not on the casino. Yeah, and and the other thing is, as an independent host, 
I have so many different properties, and, and I think this is going to go into the next question you have. I don't know if you mind me jumping into it. Oh, no, no. By all means, go ahead. I definitely want us to understand what your portfolio of brands looks like. Sure. Yeah, so um, as an independent host, I have a, a huge portfolio of properties. So let's take Caesars, for instance, because that's my main um, brand of casinos. An in-house host, let's take Paris, for instance. They work for Paris in Las Vegas. They don't work for any other property. Me as an independent host, I have a contract with Caesars. So I represent all Caesars properties and all El Dorado properties, which is now an affiliate of Caesars, nationwide. So you as a client... It's almost like a one-stop shop for all of your Caesars needs throughout the country. So you no longer need 50 different phone numbers for 50 different casino hosts. I'm you not, just need I'm one. Number. Yeah, I'm not trying to remember the name of that guy. I met him in New Orleans. Where's his card? Where did I put it? That's not the guy I called to go to Atlantic City. That kind of thing. Exactly. Right. You want to go to New Orleans. You want to go to Vegas. You want to go to... Lake Tahoe, you want to go to Atlantic City, all you need is one phone number. Perfect. Well, and speaking of that, I, I saw online, uh, just saw online today, that you're getting ready to do a trip to Kansas City. We I, are. I saw it coming up. And uh, so you were talking about for qualified players, plane tickets, limos, hotel rooms, food. Uh, you may not want to be too specific on this, I guess, or maybe you do, but what kind of action are you looking for to qualify a player for a trip like that? Well, it's a very loaded question. It's a very complicated question because so much is going to depend on the property, the market we're going to, what's included. Sometimes when we go to Kansas City, which is one of my uh, more enjoyable places to go because they treat us so well there, sometimes, like in this particular trip, they're going to put us up in a beautiful suite. They're going to comp our airfare. They're going to comp our limos. They're going to comp our dinners, but we're not going to be doing... So last time we went, we had tickets to the Chiefs game, and 20 of us went to the game. We had tickets in the luxury box, and we had some tickets field level. And when we do something like that, the requirements are a little bit higher because it's a very expensive deal to get onto the field and into the luxury box, and it includes food and alcohol and, you know, all of that. Right. This time we're going in March, we're not going to the Chiefs game, so the requirements are a little bit less. So typically on a trip like this, you're looking for roughly a 2500 theoretical for the trip. Now, I know you're going to ask me what a 2500 theoretical is. Well, I'm going to ask you only because I'm going to operate on the assumption that while I think I know and understand it, there are a lot of listeners that have never heard that term. So if you don't mind, yeah, please. Not at all. So a theoretical is what the casino is anticipating that you're going to lose in a given trip. So there's something called an average daily theoretical, ADT. And an average daily theoretical is calculated by your average bet multiplied by the length of time you play multiplied by the house edge for the game you're playing. And your average daily theoretical multiplied by however many days you're there 
is how they come up with a theoretical for the trip. So when you're looking at dinner and a suite and limos and airfare to come up with a 2500 theoretical for table games you're looking at roughly six hours a day with roughly 125 average bet for blackjack and 125 dollar average spread at craps that's usually what they're looking for to get that type of trip for a weekend and in slots, you're typically looking at about a 5,000 to 6,000 cycle through a machine on a dollar slot machine for also about six hours a day. And if you do that for three days, that's going to give you about a 2,500 theoretical. Got it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. As I said, I'm I'm concerned about a listener that this is maybe their first, second, third episode, something like that, and making sure we educate and inform them. I've been introduced to this in the past, but you laid it out very nicely, very succinctly for everybody. That's that's probably the first time we've talked about that in the almost three years I've been doing this podcast. So certainly some new ground, something I've not tried to explain because it's not my area of expertise. It's complicated. It's, it's, it's not an easy uh, formula to understand. Well, and you've got the added wrinkle in there that the... That, uh, pit boss at Blackjack or Craps is, is making an evaluation of where they want to put your average action to. Right. Well, you also have to understand that there's 12 players at a craps table. So on a busy Friday night, it's very hard for these pit bosses to keep track of 12 players. So it's always a good idea when you check out of a craps table to ask the pit boss, hey, you know, what did you have my average bet at? And if you feel that his answer is not right, Say, listen, you know, I started with 325 across, you know, every play for the last two hours. How could you have my, you know, average bet at 275? And most of the time, the pit bosses are going to, you know, adhere to what you're saying and they'll usually bump you up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, That's been my experience as well. So am I right? You also put players on cruises? I, I do. We, we actually... Yeah, we've actually, our our cruise business has been booming the last several months. We've just, yeah, we've done really well same, with the And the same kind, of, same kind of thing, there's a Theo number there as well? It is, and, and it's a, usually less. The cruises are, are really, yeah. they're great because they want you more than the land-based casinos want you. And the, the nice part about the cruises is they'll use land-based play to often comp on their ships. They're, they're great. Well, uh, I may not let my wife listen to this segment. Uh, she's, she's getting ready to retire. If she has this information, I may, uh, I may end up on a lot of cruises. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'd enjoy going on a lot of cruises. Yeah, the criteria is much less on the cruises. And besides, if you're going to spend a week gambling, we're better to do it than on a cruise ship with all the sun <laughs> and alcohol and food you could have. Yeah, you make, a, you, you make a really good point. Maybe I will let her listen. We uh, we kind of touched on this a bit earlier. Whenever I tell someone about you and what you do, the question I always get is, do I pay you? Does the house pay you? How, how are you getting paid? What uh, You kind of alluded to it a bit ago. You're on a commission. The house pays you on what the player loses? So, no. I don't get paid on your losses. I get paid on your theoretical loss. And again, your theoretical loss 
which is your average daily theoretical, is what you're expected to lose every time you walk into the casino. So listen, there's a house edge, okay? These casinos aren't built on your wins. They're built on your losses, right? So every time you walk into the casino, you're expected to lose. Now, people win, right? If people didn't win, they're not going to come back into the casino. But you're expected to lose when you walk into the casino. And again, that expected loss is your average bet multiplied by the length of time you play multiplied by the house edge. There's different house edges for different games. So if you play blackjack with perfect strategy, the house edge is only a half of a percent. If you play roulette and you play the outside numbers, that house edge is, God, 12.5%. So I get paid on your average daily theoretical, what you're expected to lose when you walk into the casino. I want you to win because the more you win, the more you're going to bet, the more you're going to play. The more you bet, the more you play, the higher your average daily theoretical. I get commissioned based on your average daily theoretical. So I want you to win. I don't want you to lose. Perfect. I get it. So uh, are you a gambler as well? <sighs> I am. Okay. I am. Yeah, I've been a gambler my whole life. It's in my blood. It's in my family's blood. Yeah, my whole life. Are you allowed to gamble places where you're a host? I am. So as an independent casino host, I am allowed to gamble in the casinos. Um, and in fact... You know, so often when I'm in Vegas, which I go to pretty often, some of my friends will say, hey, let's go downtown and play or let's go over to the Bellagio and play. And my answer is like, no, why, why would I want to go play at the Bellagio when I could play at a Caesars property and get paid on my own play? So, <laughs> yeah. Right? Makes sense. Well, that's why. But that makes sense. Uh, one of my one of my favorite stocks that I own is VICI, the Sealers Real Estate Trust. They they own a lot of the strip. They they own a lot of the real estate of the casinos where I play. I figure at least if I lose, some of my losses are paying rent to me as a shareholder. What's your favorite game of choice? I'm an avid craps player. I was um, trained by Golden Touch Craps GTC for anybody who knows of it. I uh, worked with them as an instructor for many, many years. And, um, yeah, I love playing with my clients. Most of my clients are my friends. And, uh, yeah, I, I love playing. In fact, I'm going on a cruise leaving Sunday. And uh, most of my clients are craps players, and I'm looking forward to playing with them. That sounds like an excellent job. Like my job is to go play. It, <laughs> it is a fun like job. I do enjoy it quite a bit. So I, I don't know what I don't know. So is there a, a question I should have asked that I didn't think to ask? Um, well, I think the nice part about Premier Casino Hosting, which is my company, is I have two partners, Don Wood and Eric Hazel, and you get three hosts for the price of one. Um, you know, you have three casino hosts at your fingertips. You know, if you can never reach me, you could always reach one of them. And uh, our motto is to under-promise and over-deliver. It's always been my motto, and I will always go as far as I can for my clients. A lot of casino hosts, even the independent casino hosts, will often 
use the term, you know, let's trim the fat. Let's not take on the the small players. Because the truth of the matter is you have to, the players have to hit a certain theoretical before we get paid on them by the casino. Oh, and so, you know, their motto is, you know, why why should we put in the work and the effort on these little guys if we're not going to get paid on them? And it's a good point. It's It's definitely a valid point. But this is my attitude. What if one of these guys has an uncle or a friend or a cousin who's a huge player? And all it takes is one referral to get one big player in that's going to, you know, bring in a huge amount of money for me. So I treat every one of my players as if they're, you know, a whale. You know, I go out of my way and, you know, I'll do anything for them. It doesn't matter how big, how small. You could call me anytime as long as my phone is on and I'm awake, I will answer it or, you know, answer text message. And that's my attitude. That's my motto. So, yeah. You know, when I wanted to take my wife someplace different, you were willing to step right in and set that up just because I found your Facebook group. So I know that's true. Uh, I'm certainly not a whale uh, as players go. If listeners want to get a hold of you or your team, what's the best way for them to do that? So probably the easiest is is Facebook. Um, I think we have a, a great outreach on Facebook. You could reach us on you know, our name of the company is Premier Casino Hosting. And you could reach us right on Facebook at Premier Casino Hosting. You could reach us on our website. My email is my first initial last name, which is M Feldman Casino Host at gmail.com. And my phone number, you could always reach me on my phone number. And I just want to say, uh, I just want to like throw out what my um, portfolio is at the current time so listeners know what I represent. And that is all Caesars brand which is Caesars and El Dorado. I also represent Station Properties, which is fairly new to our portfolio. We just took them on as of last week, which is a nice uh, addition to our our portfolio. And we represent all cruise lines, all major cruise lines, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, Carnival, Celebrity, Virgin. And we're growing. We're uh you know, we're trying to take on MGM. They're a little bit difficult, but we're working hard for MGM. And, yeah, we're definitely pushing in the right direction. Well, that sounds excellent. All right. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for being with us today. I think everyone has learned a great deal. I know I have. Thank you, TRG. I appreciate you having me on the show. Big thank you to Michael for joining us, taking time out of his very busy uh, casino lifestyle to uh, to spare a few minutes for us and talk to us and, and teach us some things. Uh, I'll confess, I, I traced, chased Michael pretty hard. I, I just, I wanted that education for all of us. I, I thought he had things to share with us that were unique and and not what we normally get to hear from uh, someone who is clearly an expert. And I do so appreciate his time. And if you want to go somewhere, particularly within the Caesars and Boyd groups, and you've never been there, and you'd like to try to get comped without having to go first, say you've 
played a whole bunch and Caesars Properties in Atlantic City. And you've decided you really want to go to New Orleans and you'd like to be comped at what was Harris and is now Caesars in New Orleans. If your play is at the right level, those are the types of things that Michael can set up for you. I'm really fascinated by his cruises and the things he can do in that area. So if you need him, you know where to reach him. And thanks to him once again for taking the time to join us in the virtual VIP lounge today. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. Remember your casino wisdoms, everyone. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. It's the lure of winning money It's got a very strong opinion